Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Pros and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. My name is Kahala, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining us today as we bring a close to season three. That's right, Political Pros and Gents, the season three finale with none other than the Instagram sensation, Doc P, the fibroid slayer, all those things with us today. We are so excited to have Dr. Pierre Johnson. Hello, Dr. Johnson. Hello. How are you today? Appreciate it. I'm doing well. Doing well. Blessed. Good. Thank you so much for coming on today. We were so excited that you were willing to come on to the platform and talk to our listening and viewing audience about a whole bunch of things because we are over all the gaps, the wealth gap, the health gap, all of those things in the black community. And we know that you are a champion, a health champion, particularly for black women. And we suffer from many things, including fibroids. And so who better than the fibroid slayer to come on and dispel the myths and give us all the information that we need. But before we get started, Doc P, are you Greek? I am. I am a Q, that's the purple, yeah, I am. <laughs> a man of Omega Sci-Fi, well, we love the bros here at Pros and Politics Podcast, so we appreciate you. And just tell us a little bit about yourself. So how do we get to fibroid slaying? Like, tell us about you. I have to fix that. Um, so I am uh, Dr. Pierre Johnson. I am born and raised from South Side of Chicago. Um, I had a passion to um, you know, do medicine at a very early age. I knew that I wanted to be an OBGYN from the time I was a kid, uh, a young kid. Um, and you know, it's really because the only positive thing I saw on TV, right, was the Cosby show. Uh, that's what really kicked it off. Um, and I was challenged to figure out what I wanted to do early, which was a blessing. Um, you know, I was really fascinated with childbirth as a kid, uh, had a lot of uh, troubles, um, you know, just family troubles growing up and watching my mom struggle. Uh, and uh, I just really got attracted to uh, understanding like women's health care and, and, and understanding how women are uh, just the 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 source of the pinnacle of, of families, you know, and, and how black women in particular uh, were, are receiving sub, sub, substandard care um, in our society. And it's been that way and it's been ingrained in the fabric of our country for you know, centuries. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I knew that, you know, surgery uh, was something I definitely really wanted to get into. I, I started cutting hair at a very early age. Um, I, I figured out I was very good with my hands um, and so I was really like moth to a flame att attracted to surgery and, you know, just learning uh, different surgical techniques and just understanding like what were the problems that really impacted women and in particular black women, uh, which are fibroids. And so it's my favorite surgery. Um, it's my favorite thing to, to really do. Uh, so it was kind of, you know, just kind of natural uh, to, to gravitate to it. And then it's just my um, I'm just a firm believer that, you know, either you could be the master of something or you can kind of be the jack of all trades of, you know, everything. But in our society, um, really, we need masters at particular different things, like to really make advancements and do and make huge impacts. So fibroids was my thing. And uh, 
you know, and since it can impact so many um, black women in particular uh, and change family structures from health and wellness to fertility to like you name it, um, it improves uh, the overall families of our, of our community. So something I was very much attracted to. Awesome. That's quite um, quite a wonderful testimony from the south side of Chicago. I'm born and raised in East St. Louis, so I understand, you know, the the gaps. Yes, the health gaps and then, you know, not having the hospitals in your community and things of that nature. Now, we are blessed with Barnes Jewish right across the river in St. Louis, but in East St. Louis, our hospital closed a long time ago. And so to just know that a lot of times the health care is not there and then sometimes the health care that african-american communities do have is not always the best to know that there's a champion out there because like i said your advocacy is clear so whether it's your social media or how you travel all over the country like i said i follow you um like i said you are i've we've had the conversation before you are a colleague and a friend of my very good friend dr courtney liddell and his wife um chastity is my best friend so just to watch how you advocate um, I never suffered from fibroids myself, but I don't know if it's because of what I see, the work that you do, and this platform that I have. I am now seeing a lot more women that I know and care about that suffer from mm-hmm. fibroids. And whether they're having them removed or having hysterectomies or whether they're able to bear children even with their fibroids, I'm just amazed at how many people around me have suffered from fibroids probably their whole lives. And I never knew because what do we do? We function with it. We function with the pain. Right. We function with the complications. Just give us some information on fibroids. And I know there are a lot of myths out there, um, and you dispel sure. those daily. So please just give us what you got. Uh, so, I mean, just, you know, one one myth is, is that, you know, just because you have fibroids that you have to do something about them, right? So, um, more women than not, and, and African-American women's eight out of 10, in the general population is seven out of 10. So every 10 black women that you see, eight of them have fibroids. All eight of them do not need surgery, right? So if you are functioning perfectly well, you know, without pain, without bleeding, infertility, those types of issues, just because you have fibroids doesn't necessarily mean you need to do anything about them, right? So that's number one. Um, Number two is is that, um, you know, fibroids are just going to everybody's just going to have big fibroids or they're going to have problems down the road. That's not true either. Um, You know, fibroids impact women in different ways. You know, I've had women that have had really bad fibroid disease, but have absolutely no symptoms whatsoever. And women that really have like minor or small fibroids that are giving them problems just from the location of them. So uh, just find you a physician that's, uh, that's really comfortable uh, with with fibroids and um, is knowledgeable and is going to be very honest with you about what your options are. Uh, that's very key as far as like, you know, figuring out if you actually need to treat them or not. Uh, another thing is, is that realize we're in a, capital, a capitalistic society, right? Okay. Everybody wants to get paid off of something, right? If there is a need or a fear in our society, there's going to be someone or multiple people that are going to try to 
um, capitalize Relax. off of that fear, right? So right. when you see people that have absolutely no medical knowledge, have never operated on fibroids, never really dealt with women with fibroids or whatever, selling you things that are going to cure something that have been plaguing women for centuries, you have to ask yourself, one, what's their motive, which is typically money, and two, how relevant is what they're trying to sell you because if it was really relevant and it actually worked or if there were actually studies on there trust and believe that the companies that have millions and billions of dollars would have already taken that in to utilize it to really get your money in a way that would be more efficient so if somebody's just saying hey get this cleanse or the this fiber tea or whatever the hell you see you talking about the sachet say, pouches <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know, I've seen some of everything and people was like, oh, I've spent, I've had one, I spent $400 on this tea. I was like, well, I hope it was good because um, you just wasted your money on something that is not uh, proven. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that there aren't many things that are going to eradicate fibroid problems um, other than, unfortunately, either medical treatments or surgery. Um, and that's just the truth of it. And it's not, you know, me trying to coerce anybody to do anything or trying to operate or anything, try to make money. That's just the truth of it from somebody who's been dealing with it for extensive periods of time. So, um, yeah, that's it. Or, or and the last thing would be, you know, all doctors are really not into surgeries and medicine. I personally am not. You know, every every patient that comes to me. I encourage them to eat healthy. I encourage them to, you know, do healthy things. I preach that, right? That's why some of my posts I'm talking about, you know, exercise, diet, and all those things. I preach that to my patients. I live that. I embody that. But there are certain things that healthy lifestyle and things do. They make you overall healthy. They make you, you know, healthy, right? We need to live healthier lifestyles. But just because that's the case, doesn't mean that just because you're doing something or eating something that it's going to cause fibroids or the lack thereof is going to eradicate fibroids. And that is a myth. You know, I hear women say, I changed my diet or if you, you know, you eat this or you eat that or you don't eat meat or you don't eat, you know, dairy or what have you, it will remove your fibroids. And it's it's really not only a myth, but it's disingenuous and very insensitive to women that actually suffer from it um, because, you know, I treat vegans, vegetarians, health experts, uh, you, you name it. Yoga instructors. women. People yoga drink water You name right. it. They're suffering from it. And just to say, well, you ate this. And that's why it's like that is really, really offensive, actually, um, to women. So be very careful about the information that you spread. And if you don't have like a factual data um, that can be proven on it, then it's, you know, it's kind of keep it to yourself. That's my personal opinion. Well, you said so much and all of it was really good information because I am an information person, probably mm -hmm. too much. Like I get on Courtney's nerves, I get on Kanisha's nerves. Uh, my OB back in the day when I had my first son was like, Kahala, if 
half of my patients were as diligent about their health as you are, I wouldn't have a job. And so I suffered from hypochondria and they would laugh and say suffered, like ED, but no, I don't anymore, but I'm very diligent about my health. And that's one of the reasons that I like your platform because what you just said is what you preach every day. And when somebody comes up with the, the, the shrinking tea or the, the sachets or the steamer pots and all this other stuff, you get on there with such humor though. Like I will give it to you, it's very <laughs> relatable. You get on there and you're like, y'all, please stop. Like, please cut it out today. You know, one of the really good times that I really appreciated your platform was during the pandemic, like even though we're still in it, but the vaccines and the masking issues. And you would be, uh, oh, I forgot to call you Doc Tesla. Okay, and you be riding down the street <laughs> in the testy, and you're like, look, y'all gonna get shut down again. And I told, I was vaccinated. Um, I wore masks, I still wear masks sometimes. So I really appreciated the fact that you, it was the science for you, right? It was what you mm -hmm. were seeing in the hospital every day. And I think that's why we're challenged as a society so many in so many instances, because what did you say? Somebody with no medical degree, somebody who ain't passed a board a day in their life, somebody who doesn't Correct. treat people every day, they're at home or whatever, and they're trying to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. And I think it really hurts us as a society and especially as a culture, because I can't speak medically, but I can speak from the political standpoint in 20, the African-American community was purposefully targeted with misinformation. And nice. that really angered me and it hurt me at the same time because I'm like, why were we targeted? But people can target us all day long. If we listen to the doc P's, we listen to the right information, then we can have what we need to be healthier in every area. Um, because I know I've always wondered what caused fibroids. So thank you for that because you've got you know, the hair relaxer theory, and you have, what did you say, eating meat and all these other things, and you have all this fear that it garners because, you know, you have women that are really challenged by that. And something that I also like is, is I don't know if you would call it a myth, but you completely dispel that you always have to lose your uterus. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, um, I don't, the problem, the problem in our country is that um, we don't put enough emphasis on history, right? Just like you know, the the critical race theory um, mm -hmm. movement to try to stifle uh, what actually happened in history because they don't want things to be let out. It's the same thing with um, with gynecology and women's healthcare, you know. Everything that we really have off from gynecology, from from surgery, prolapses, hysterectomy, C-sections, you name it, have been on the, the back of slaves, mm -hmm. right? Where women were black women were held down a lot of times without anesthesia and surgeries were performed on them. And the thought process was, was that these women were inhumane. These women can tolerate pain at a different level um, than everybody else. These women, it really didn't matter about, you know, their bodies or their uterus or ability to have baby, babies because they were subhuman or substandard, right? And so fast forward to now, it's like these thoughts have 
been ingrained in us as a society and we just don't want to admit them or bring light to the fact that it happens or that it ever happened Mm -hmm. and when you look at you know the breakdown of hysterectomies in america and you see that two-thirds of hysterectomies performed in the united states are formed in southern states support as opposed to northern states and a majority of those women are african-american women you can't deny the the level of bias and racism in the facts the numbers don't lie um you know hysterectomies were considered the the black woman's appendectomy meaning that your uterus wasn't valued your ability to have children were not was not valued you were dispensable you were disposable removing your ability to removing your uterus and ultimately terminating your ability to have children in the future was the norm so it wasn't like you had a wave of people to just wake up and say oh that's wrong you have a wave of people to wake up and say that never happened it's nothing that we want to address just like everything else um, that we deal with from a societal bias standpoint um so uh it's not a surprise that black women or i mean women in general but black women in particular are given options that are only going to um, take away their ability to reproduce and take away their fertility. The first option when they have fibroids is that they have to have hysterectomies, and this is not true. Um, the truth of the matter is, is that, you know, every woman has the opportunity to have treatments for her fibroids to preserve her fertility. Now, you know, asking a question, does it make sense? You know, once we get older and have other issues and things like that, does it make sense to have children? That's a whole nother topic. But the bare bones uh, issue of a woman's right to be able to preserve her fertility is something that's, there's something that should be unalienable, right? It should be something that um, every woman should be afforded um, and have at least the informed consent uh, to be able to make the decisions that make the most sense for uh, her life and what she's trying to do. So, um, you know, I see, I hear women all the time, you know, come to me with uh, just crying and, and frustrated with people trying to take their ability to, to preserve their uterus away if they suffer from horrible fibroid disease. And it's, it's extremely unfortunate. So what should for those who don't know, those who don't follow you, those who are having, you know, symptoms, what should women look for? What are some things that you would say if you start feeling this or you feel a certain kind of way or you start ex- experiencing these symptoms, give give your OB a call or, or give Doc P a call? Sure. So if you, if you, um, you should be in tune with your body. Um, you should be getting regular, um, checkups you should be getting regular annual exams but in particular things that you need to look out for are you know heavy bleeding um new new onset pain with sex um really painful cramping or painful you know pain with your periods when your periods come or even pain pelvic pain outside your periods frequency of urination uh, where it's just like you can't make it to the bathroom you feel like you have to you know urinate every 10 minutes 15 minutes pressing on your belly and feeling hard 
right? Feeling hard masses, your belly's not soft. You're feeling hard masses on your belly. Um, infertility, uh, you know, these are, these are signs and symptoms that fibroids may be an issue. It may not be. Yes, yeah, so what you just said says a lot. It says a lot about advocacy, not only obviously your doctor advocates and is an advocate for women, but advocating as a person. We have had that conversation on many instances here. Uh, we had that conversation with Dr. Brian during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We had that uh, conversation with a survivor that we had on. She's a nurse practitioner and her breast cancer was found because she kept not taking the nose that she was getting on a reduction. And so she finally got her yes after advocating, and then that's when the cancer was found. I know, I know that I don't have fibroids because I was having an issue. And transparency, we all know it's not a problem for me on this platform, I was having an issue. And I contacted my, my gynecologist and she was like, oh, well let's you know do some cultures or whatever. And of course we already knew that was gonna come back just fine. And she was like, well we knew that. Well now let's go have an ultrasound. So then I went and had an ultrasound. Well, obviously, everything was fine. So then I had my annual. Like you said, every woman every year should have their annual. So they were like, well, let's check it on a cellular level. Of course, it came back just fine. So this issue just dissipated on its own. But sometimes I think when we go to our doctors and we advocate and we want to know what's wrong and the tests keep coming back negative, then it just like goes away. Maybe it's almost like a mental thing, right? And so mm -hmm. I don't have the issue anymore. But I got a gang of kids, I, ranging from 14 to three, and so I can't, or 14 to four, I can't sit and wait. I can't right. not advocate for myself because I have to be here for my 14-year-old, my 18-year-old, my four-year-old, and for myself and for my family. Right. And I think a big part of what you just said is what we push here and that you have to make sure that you're doing your due diligence because your doctor, he can't make you show up. You can't call your patient and say, hey, you haven't come to see me, you know, or if they don't want to follow your advice on, you know, getting that hysterectomy or you know getting those fibroids removed rather um, because we know you try to always save the uterus it's about being able to advocate for yourself as well and following your doctor's orders and Absolutely. i think that's really really great so you don't know this but you're like you're like my doctor in my head <laughs> you're like my doctor <laughs> in my head and so i have referred people to you never been to your office never been your patient but again your platform and your passion comes across. And that's what I know I look for. Um, I've had doctors that I'm just like, ooh, their bedside manner wasn't good, or, you know, I just don't. And I've had excellent gynecologists, you know, throughout my life. But what should we be looking for? Like, as we get ready to close, everybody can't have Doc P, right? You all the way in Chicago and everything. So what should we be looking for when we're looking for a gynecologist or when we need somebody to address our fibroid issue? Because what'd you say? You travel all over the country, you're at the top of your game, but everybody can't come be your patient. What are we looking for? Sure. Um number one like when you are researching your physician like you know social media is a very powerful tool like research the people like you can pay for google uh, likes and reviews you can pay for that type of stuff you know and it, it looks great on paper but you know research your your physician as a person 
right? If they're really passionate about fibroids, women health issue, it should be reflected on other parts of their life, you know, like their social media, like what are they talking about? Are they really trying to advocate, um, educate, uh, you know, look for these things, look for patients that have actually seen them, specifically patients of color, um, you know, and see what they actually, you know, how their perceptions of that physician, like asking very specific questions about, you know, what their thoughts and what their experience is. And just, uh, and, and I agree and I do, and I disagree as far as like people coming, they can't, like I'm literally discharging a patient from New York, like today, right? They just flew in here, right? So we, you know, it, there, there's when women or when people want something, like for instance, BBLs, tummy tucks, you know, plastic surgery, they fly all over. Like, people fly in Columbia, Believe. DR, Miami. Believe. They fly everywhere, you know, to get the body you want. But then when it comes to um, your actual health stuff that really, really matters, it's like, ah, oh, it's a different city. I can't. Oh, my insurance is inhibiting me from doing that. Oh, I can't do that. No way. But when you really want to do something, you do it. So it's like, um, I, again, I've had... Typically, women that come fly to me have extensive fibroid disease and have been told that they have to have vertical incisions or have to have hysterectomies, right? So either you find a way or you allow your region to dictate um, your care. And that's what I say. Like, you can. Like, it's, it's, you can use insurances to your advantages. You can use, um, and to your advantage, you can use uh, multiple different things to make things happen. Right. And it's not just a fly to see me, you know, there are other people that maybe even a little closer to you that um, can advocate for you and, and provide you with surgeries and options that you want. Uh, but don't let your region dictate that, you know, utilize what you have um, to be able to go to where you need to go for 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 your care. You know, and that's what I say all the time. It's just like, people like oh, I'm, I'm in. You know, somebody say, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I wish you come to Florida because I just had a patient fly up here from Florida last week." Right? Oh God, I'm in New York. There's no way. I just had a patient fly here from New York. Right? Oh, I'm in LA. I just had a patient fly here from LA. So it's like telling me that doesn't it doesn't really, you know, give me the like, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Like you have to make it happen. Like if it's somebody that's don't don't put a price tag, not a price tag, because you can utilize things to to make the cost uh, reasonable for you. But don't we always look for, you know, excuses of why we can't do something or what have you. When it's your health and it's your body, don't look for excuses. Try to figure out how to make it happen. That's what I say. Well, that's really good to know. So clearly you're taking patience. So everybody, he's taking patience. And that's good to know that, you know, if it ever came to it, like one day you wouldn't have to just be my doctor in my head. Okay, that's good to know. And then, of course, you take my insurance because I'm a state employee. So it's thousands and thousands of state employees up your way. So that's really sure. good to know. And when I refer people, then, yeah. hey, it doesn't matter where they're coming from. They can come see you. Um, I want to say before we close that I really appreciate your um, one your transparency because your stories about like from the amniotic fluid blowout to whatever <laughs> really makes me laugh. Okay, and the fact that we were able to connect. So again, I followed you, thought you had a great platform, thought you would have so much to offer um, our 
viewing audience. And I was just like, oh, but you know, there's no way for me to reach him. And so I'm talking to Dr. Liddell and I'm like, well, Court, you know, you're gonna have to come and you know, it's gonna be great. And Chess has already been on. And I said, but you know who I would love to have? And he was like, who? <laughs> I was like, Doc P. He was like, Pierre. I'll text him. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I was like, right. uh, Pierre, he was like, yeah. that's my guy. And I was like, oh, I said, well, do you think like he, he was like, I'll see what I can do. And when I talked to you, you were like, well, Kyla, that wasn't even necessary. Like you could have just reached out and I'm thinking right. like in your DMs and we're here, we yeah. laughed about it, but I was like, I was not finna slide in your DMs. Like, cause I know your DMs be lit, sir. And so that's why I was like, I'm not going to do that. But the fact that you are willing to consider like people who reach out to you outside of a connection, like a familial connection or a friend, just because you want to help people. And that is awesome. And I just want to say thank you so much because like I said, you're so busy. I'm surprised you're sitting in the seat. I'm surprised you're not like flew out somewhere, flew out and, you know, teaching. <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that you were willing to say, well, you know what, Kyla, when I find the time, I'll come on your platform and talk to your people. Yeah. So thank you so much, Doc P, for being on Pros and Politics podcast today. My, my, my pleasure. Yeah, I can't. Like, I, it's just me. Like, I personally, it's me to, to where I, I cognizantly, like, know that um, I can't change. I, I never change. I'm just me like that all the time. Like, any, all, all DMs, I try to answer them. Like, people come like, oh, well, I had this, what well, I had that. I'm not about to extensively go, you know, for hours talking to somebody on, like, console call or what have you, but I will at least answer whoever. So it's, I'm never going to get too big or too important to where I can't answer anyone's question or talk to them. Because we all people, like, we should have, you know, that common respect for each other, you know, and it's like, uh, I think that's where we, we have problems, um, you know, honestly, in our society. Because it's like, you know, Sometimes I need help. Sometimes I want to talk to people, whatever, and it it burns me to no end. Just like when people feel that they're too big mm -hmm. um, to really like talk to folks or what have you. It's like when it comes to medicine, it's like oh everybody like doctors shouldn't get paid for that. You should just be able to ask questions and they talk to you or whatever. So it's like, what if you want to ask like legal questions, or business questions, or whatever? schedule an appointment get on my clock you know it's just like or it's just like i don't have the time but i just don't feel like as human beings we should be that way um i feel that we should have compassion um and that when people kind of need you know just to talk to you on a real personal level that you should be able to do that and so i'm always going to be like that well we appreciate that and um from the south side to east boogie you know that's just really east good boogie. to be able to <laughs> have people that are still relatable you know people feel that same way about you know lawyers or whomever and you're just like yep. i'm just like from 40th and state street like but right. you know i'm kahala from 40th and state street so right. i appreciate the fact that you will you have and you say you will continue to remain grounded because that's what we need to be able to have people that can reach out and touch somebody on like a person level um mm -hmm. and you know i have a lot of friends you know from the south side and the west side of chicago so you know they're all pretty you know down to earth and relatable my folks from from illinois so but thank you so much for all that you do pleasure. Uh, for My black pleasure, women man. and for, you know, people of color and for women everywhere. Obviously, um, you are doing a tremendous work and you are 
blessed truly in what you do because I see the number of fibroids that you pull out and I saw a couple weeks ago your record fibroid yeah that, that shocked me I was that shocked like, me I've not I have it like that shocked me like everybody was shocked like my the resident that I performed it with like it was his first case really operating with me and they'll tell you like I, I, they couldn't believe it yeah, I was down there like that's crazy it's crazy it was so and 13, I'm just 13 like, and a half pounds that poor woman i'm like my kids did like nine months wasn't 13 and a half i'm like and this woman was walking around with that and so again what you're doing is truly amazing you are truly making the lives of women better everywhere including the people that you train so you're touching women everywhere and we just thank you for all that you do Thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for being with us today. And um, will you come back at some point? Yeah, I'll come back. I'll come back. This is dope. Love your platform. Well, thank you. And thank you for tuning in today to Pros and Politics Podcast, where we are polished and poised for greatness and impact. We hope you'll join us again next week. But in the meantime, please like, love, share, and subscribe. And we'll see you then. Thank you. Mm -hmm.